Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Monique Hom. On this show, I interview amazing, badass women, real estate investors who are just crushing it. And I'm super excited to have with me today, Lorraine Conaway, whose life purpose is to educate, support, and help supercharge wealth accumulation and income by sharing her experience and a systematic formula integrating OPM, other people's money, real estate, and tax. She has over 30 years experience in the financial industry and is now a wealth strategist. What I love about her, because there's so many financial advisors, financial planners that do not have real estate at all as part of what they do and, and support clients to do. It's just about stocks and bonds and paper assets and often ones that just make them money. <laughs> so, or yeah, so I love that she's, she thinks very holistically about that. She's a real estate investor herself. She's a mother, wife, and business owner. In 2001, she received her certification in charitable planning and together with her husband, they have raised over $25 million for charities and she continues to support multiple charities. So she's having impact on people in all sorts of ways. And I'm super excited to have her with us. Welcome, Lorraine. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Monique. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So share about how you got started in real estate investing. Oh, okay. Well, my father's a general contractor. So growing up, I was always around real estate. He invested in real estate in the 60s and the 70s. In wow. fact, he still owns some of that properties today. They're probably worth <laughs> a little something now. <laughs> they are. Yeah. <laughs> they are. <laughs> and uh, so... As I was developing my career in the financial world, I, I was coming across clients who had huge wealth and they had a lot of it was from investing in real estate. And so early on, my husband and I, we, we bought a property in 1993, just a small single family house, you know, 3% down, normal situation. But the real investing got started when we decided to go independent. And I know you who are listening out there, you know, life has a journey and we have challenges and we have situations that we come across and we're like, how do we get into the real estate market? How do I, or if you're in the real estate market, how do I get to the next level? And what I want to share with you is a situation where my husband and I left the firm that we were with, started our own business, had no income, two kids, a mortgage. And then on top of that, a few months after he got diabetes and could not work. So I went into panic mode. That's why I was like, from worry to, you know, developing wealth, I went into panic mode. I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? So back then I saw an infomercial, <laughs> Charlton Sheets. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I had to buy it. I stayed up till 4am reading the material. The next day, I literally grabbed the newspaper 
not the internet, the newspaper. <laughs> and I was circling like eight units, 10 units and circling and I'm shaking. And I'm like, I want to see your properties. I'm interested in purchasing and meeting with the broker. And I had no money, like no money. I didn't even have income. But back then you could get a loan, <laughs> any type of loan, right? <laughs> Those are the money. days where you had a pulse, you got a loan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had a pulse, you could, but I needed the down payment. I was in the Rotary Club at the time and I had a lot of friends there. And one of the friends was a neurosurgeon and I asked him to borrow money, the OPM strategy. And I thought, okay, I could do this. And I was scared to death. I bought, he said, yes, he trusted me. He lent me money and I bought literally an eight unit, a 10 unit and a seven unit building. Wow. All at the same time. <laughs> That's amazing. I went crazy. I went crazy. <laughs> you know, it's within the same 12 months. And, right. and then from there, just started building the real estate, paid him back, you know, just started building the real estate portfolio from there. That's an amazing yeah. story. So where are you now with your real estate investing? Well, what's interesting is that it was, this purchase was in the nineties. So then, you know, 2003, if, if you can remember that the real estate market just was going crazy, right? Yeah. It just, prices were just going through the roof. And then we had the crash, right? Remember. So it literally was monopoly money. It was Oh my gosh, you know, so I sold it. I sold all of those properties, sold the seven unit, bought it for like 220, sold it for 800. And then I said, Oh, okay, I'll buy two of those, two of those, three of those. <laughs> I mean, it was like in California or where? Well, I started the three units in California and then I sold them and went to Arizona. And then I bought in Utah, bought in Texas, bought in Hawaii. Nice. Bought in- Everyone, all of the houses were on sale. <laughs> I was like, bargain yeah. basement sale. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, went from those three units, buildings, right, to 22 properties, 77 doors. And then, and then I saw the writing on the wall, the crash is coming. Uh, started selling, trying to sell quick, couldn't sell fast enough. I got hit with the 2008 crash and, you know, lost, lost it all. Mm-hmm. And basically had to start out. That was shattering. I mean, it literally made me sick to my stomach. So one of the things that I want to say to the listeners is whatever life journey you have and there's challenges, whether it's illness or the real estate market or business partners or whatever is like to have resilience to keep going. Because after the crash, I got back on the horse and I found this building that we're in is a commercial building in Orange County, California. And in early 2012, my husband and I, we contacted the seller. I saw it on LoopNet. And I said, I don't have, I can't get a loan and I have a low down and I can pay a low interest and here's what I could pay. And I need you to be the bank and finance me. And he said, well, let me look at your credit. And he saw we had perfect credit and then the crash of 08. And then he said, I'll take a, a chance on you. And so we did seller financing. Nice. And so no credit. So the message here is in the beginning, I had no money. 
And then after the crash, I had no credit. But it didn't stop me from buying real estate. That's the message here is that nothing can stop these women, all of you women from <laughs> Monique's community of buying real estate, nothing. You can keep going. There's always a way. So now where I am is I've expanded my portfolio again, doing it completely different, buying properties free and clear, buying properties with non-recourse financing, blanket loans, buying packages of real estate. So all of these strategies can really supercharge your wealth because it's how you do what you do that makes such a huge difference. And then utilizing simple interest versus amortized interest. And that's one of the things that I like to teach women on is how you can tweak something so simple, just as using simple interest versus a 30-year loan, how that can change. And then how do you use depreciation to put more money in your pocket? So it's stacking these strategies of depreciation, you know, blanket loans, simple interest, increasing your balance sheet, having, there's nothing that really should stop you from buying real estate other than yourself in fear, which believe me, I had enormous fear. When I was buying this building here, my palms were sweating. I was so nervous. And I thought, how are we going to pay this mortgage on this commercial building? And that was 10 years ago. What made you go despite the fear? What do you think you were able to pull out that said, I know I'm terrified, but I'm still doing this. What, what is it? In the beginning, when I was first buying the commercial properties, it was des- desperation of, I need to, to diversify and get some income other than me making it, earning it. I needed to get cash flow. Yeah. It was desperate. I didn't have anything to lose at the beginning. Yeah. And then now it was, you know, my faith has really grown over the years. And so I just follow my faith and go, you know what? We have these resources, we have these opportunities. And I'm just, I don't know, I guess it's within me to believe that I can do it. And I'm in a man's world, like you, you know, had talked about being in a man's world. And what happens is I look at other people and go, okay, they've got two legs, two arms. They got two (laughs) eyes. If they could do it, I could do it. And I always said that, you know, your self-talk, your self-talk. Okay. If they could do it, I can do it. And, and if I fail, oh, well, I just try again. If something doesn't work, you just try it again and just try it again. What's the worst thing that can happen? You just keep going. Yeah. Try a new strategy. Yeah. So good. That's so, so inspiring. I I love what your, your stories reminds me of a couple of things. One is Tony Robbins talks about how it's not like the problem is never a lack of resources, right? So a lot of people like, I can't do it because I don't have the money or I have a bad credit or, you know, it's like, I don't have the relationships or I don't have the time. The problem is never a lack of resources. The problem is always a lack of resourcefulness. So what you were demonstrating is how to be resourceful, which I love. It's like, okay, I don't have the 
I don't have the money, but I can call. I can borrow money from somebody I know who has the money. Right? It's like I have, have relationships or like I'll talk to the seller and say, here, here's what I can do. Let's make it win-win. So I love that. I love that. Yeah, how you one of the key, one of the key fact, thank you. One of the key factors. And you also, I want to make a comment because you also have that yourself. When I heard you tell your story and learning about syndication and learning how you can do this, I was very inspired because it's taking the education. And that's one of the things that I did focus on is in the very beginning, I would take like, I don't know if some of you listeners remember Robert Allen, A.D. Kessler, multiple to Laura Langmeyer's Big Table, all of these coaches, Jay Abraham, and they're not cheap. They're very expensive. 10,000, 15,000. And what? And up. <laughs> and up. Yeah. Well, this was in 2000. I started in 2000, early 2000. So almost 20 years ago. So back then that was still, that was a lot of money. That's like 40,000 today. Yeah. So I invested a lot of money in learning about real estate And what are the things you can do, how you can fractionalize and entity structuring and how you can asset protect and about blanket loans and about subject twos and and or assigns and all of these strategies that I was like, wow, it opened my eyes. And I just thought, okay, those people who are talking about it are doing this. They're no different than me. Well, I could do this. If they're doing it, I could do it. I just kept saying that to myself. (laughs) They could do it. I can do it. And so I just started. And that's another thing that I wanted to say is just starting. Even if it's just one single family home, 3% down, you know, on a, on a primary or partnering up and doing the OPM. I was talking to a client, 51 years old. She doesn't have, she only has 45,000 to her name. And I told her, get a PLOC, a personal line of credit, 50,000. She has excellent credit. She has income. And you take that 50,000 and buy your first property. And then she's like, okay, I could do that. So now she's doing that. And it's like, okay, now she pays off the PLOC. Now she buys her second property, pays it off, buys the third, pays it off, buys the fourth. And it's that debt cycling and starting with nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And going, okay, wow, I can build a portfolio unlimited with real estate. That's what I love about real estate. <laughs> and then you can pull out, you cash out refinances to use the equity you know, like to buy more too. I want to ask you a question that that's my favorite question because I feel like we get so much, we learn so much more from what doesn't go right than what does go yes. right. So what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? Yeah, the biggest mistake that I had was I over leveraged, which a lot of people did in the early 2000s. Too much debt. Too much debt. Yeah, that was the one of the biggest mistakes that I made was was too much debt. Another big mistake that I made is I was too quick to sell. I didn't do research because I was working my career. So, I was working my career and doing the real estate on the side and I just took things for granted and said, oh, it went up and oh yeah, I could sell and I could do this and that. But I really didn't look at, well, what's happening with the economy? What's happening with the growth? What's happening around the area? So I could make 
sell a property, get 500,000 out of it. But where I'm going, how is that where I'm taking that money to the new property? What's happening over there? Is that going to be the same that's happening over here? What's the population? What are the jobs? What are, what's the economics? What's this? What's that? There was a lot of things that I was just like, oh, money, I'll sell this and then buy that. It was too fast. This is what I always say. When you go too fast, that's when you get in trouble. When yeah. you go too fast. Agreed. Slowing it down. So slowing that's one it. of the things I've learned. It's like fast is slow <laughs> and yeah. slow is fast. <laughs> so when yes. you just like slow and steady, but you've also like really brought up a few things. It's the education. Yes. So making sure that you're educated. And I, I too, I, I spent and continue. So I probably spent like, hundreds of thousands of dollars on my oh. education and continue to. And it has like, you know, it pays itself back exponentially. Yeah. I know that like, that's why my students come into our wealthy guys program. So we can just, we can yeah. help them figure out, okay, how do you assess a market? How do you like, what, what are, what steps should you take in order to buy smart? What steps should you take? And then to sell it? Like, do you sell? When, do you, when, when should you sell? What are some other options? Maybe you can cash out refinance instead exactly. of selling. Right. So exactly. Yeah, so that is, you can hold on to what you have and use it to buy more. Exactly, exactly. You know, my father, as I said, you know, he bought and some of these properties he still has today and he, he did a buy and hold. And I was like, wow, you know, his property tax is really low because he's in California too. And, and I'm just like, he has an enormous amount of cash flow. That gives you freedom. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. What are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? That I never gave up. That in the worst time and when when I, I, I didn't exchange in Arizona and I had the worst management, I was negative cash flow, 10,000 plus a month. The wow. crash came, the property value went down everything that could go wrong went wrong in this commercial. It was a 26 unit building. And I was still had all these other properties that I was managing the managers on, which was almost a full-time job. And throughout all of the stress, the negative cash flow, I never gave up. I just, I don't know. I just kept saying, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. And I didn't stop my education and I just continued to march. I tell my son, just keep marching, just keep marching, just keep going. One step, yeah. one step, just one step, just keep going. And you get out of it because it doesn't last forever. You think it, it's going to last forever at that moment, but it doesn't. Yeah, I love that. And even two steps back doesn't mean you're going to be back forever. Yes. We'll move, keep moving forward. That's beautiful. Oh, that perseverance thing, should make you proud. Yeah. One thing I did want to say is regarding partners. I just remembered, you know, when times are great, yeah, let's have partners and let's do this together. And I think that's, that's nice. But when things go bad, what kind of partner do you have? So one of the things is, is that I had partners with people I was trying to help. So because I had the higher income, I did the mortgage in my name. So I carried the liability. And then we both came down with down payment, 
But then when things got bad, they didn't have the income, they didn't have the net worth. So they couldn't, you know, keep their half of the deal. Mm. So I was handling 100% of the burden on a partnership. And that's a hard lesson to learn is an attorney said to, to my husband and I, make sure that your partner has equal or greater income or equal or greater net worth. And I thought, wow, I should have listened to him. But I thought, oh, I want to help these people. Mm. Yeah. Or you structure it so that it, the ownership is proportionate to the amount that you're putting in and the risk that you have, right? So, you know, that's another way to do it because it's like, all right, well, I know you're putting in half of the down payment, but I have 100% of the loan and I have, you know, and I, right? So then yeah, the, uh, the risk lessons reward learned. is, is, uh, yeah. is commensurate, right? Yeah, lessons. Th- these are the lessons learned. Now, this was 20 years ago that, you know, 20 plus years ago that I was doing all of this, right? So lessons learned. And so that's why this platform that we're on right now, where women, where you're interviewing women and we're sharing our experience is so valuable because I didn't, there was no podcast. There was just infomercials at that time of, of selling, yeah, take this home study, study it and you're on your own. And there's communities, there's communities now to help women. I love that. And thank you for sharing that about the partners and you know your team, because it, I know a lot of my biggest mistakes were because I was working with the wrong people. So it's just, you know, making sure that you're with the right people who can do what they say they're going to do in the way they say they're going to do it. So good advice. So to what do you attribute your success? You know what? I feel very grateful that I have my husband as my business partner. And I know you work with your husband. (laughs) And, you know, even though we've had a lot of marriage counseling and a lot of business coaching, you know, we work, we've been working together for about 31 years together. And so we help each other. We support each other, my family. And of course, number one is our Lord Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Higher power. Higher power. Uh, let me ask you a question about that. Next weekend, we're actually, my husband and I are hosting our real estate investor soulmates retreat, and which is to help couples who want to work together successfully in real estate. What would, what's your best advice for couples working, you know, or somebody who wants to, you know, partner with their significant other after 31 years? What advice do you have? Yeah. Well, you know, it was, it was interesting because I heard you have the same issue that I had and that was defining our roles. It was clearly, clearly defining our roles is like, I handle this and you handle that. And we consult with each other. Hey, you know, I'm having this struggle with this manager. What do you think? But I, like I handle managing the managers. I handle the real estate. I handle the investing. I do certain things. And then he does other things. So we clearly define what our roles are and ask questions. And that's one of the things that I've learned in business overall is to not assume and to not just say, but to ask, even if you know the answer is to ask a question. Or you think you know the, or you think you know the answer <laughs> might come out differently. That's yeah, great. exactly. 
yeah, asking the question, what do you think about this? Instead of, I want to do this. It's like, okay, let's get some joint effort together. So the, it's for the buy-in and then also it's for the difference of perspective. Yeah, it yeah. is. So one doesn't seem like they're overpowering the other all the time, which women sometimes have a tendency to do. (laughs) Strong women like us, like, this is what we're doing. (laughs) I know it. (laughs) Or what do you think? (laughs) Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? I wish I would have known back then about simple interest. I wish I would have known about debt cycling, how to pay off debt. Because so, briefly explain that for those who are listening or like, what, what does that mean? Simple interest versus amortized interest. Oh, okay. That's like, yeah. Okay. So amortized when you have a, let's take a hundred thousand dollar mortgage, right? And it's amortized for 30 years. The payment will be $500. So let's just say that, okay, I want to maybe make an extra payment or I'm going to, depending on the banker, sometimes you still owe that interest Mm, and and you still owe that interest. Even if you're going to pay three months, they're going to take your three months payment, but you're still going to owe that interest. So your principal may be $50 or $20 in the very beginning. Yeah. On a simple loan, same interest, let's say if it's, you know, 4%, 100,000, that same is going to be $330 a month because it's interest only, 330. So if you make a $500 payment, then you have, you know, what is that? You have $170 going straight into principal month one. And then the next month, the interest is less because your principal is less. So as each month, your interest is less and less and less, each month, more and more and more is going into the principal. So it accelerates the loan pay down so fast and you're making the same payment. It's crazy. So how do you set that up? Because most banks will have, you know, they do, they amortize it. Well, what happens is, is that, so on a, on a home, I'm just going to use, a home. Let's say that, like I talked to a lot of people, they, they have their homes and they, because real estate currently has gone up a lot, they may have equity. So let's say they have a hundred thousand dollars equity and I'm keeping it simple because there's a formula. You can do a helix up to 80% loan to value or 90%. It can't typically go up to a hundred. So let's say that there's a hundred thousand available on a home equity line of credit, then that home equity line of credit, you can literally write a check. And if you wanted to, you can take that 100,000 and plop it straight into your principal of your first mortgage and then start paying the HELOC off. So you take money, excess cash flow and money. But what I'm doing in educating people on is let's focus on building wealth, get you financially independent and then pay your house off. So we can use that hundred thousand HELOC buy a hundred thousand home free and clear. 
then take the rent, say the rent net rent 7,000 on a seven cap, let's say it's 7,000 a year, put that 7,000 into that HELOC plus excess cash flow, and you can pay down that HELOC when it's paid down. You remember you bought that rental free and clear, which is nice feeling to buy a property free and clear. Yeah. And then when the HELOC's paid down, you can buy your second house. Now you have 14,000 a year, put it in the HELOC plus excess cash flow, pay it down faster, buy your third house, pay it down faster. So the debt cycling is utilizing the home equity line of credit. And earlier I gave an example of a person who didn't have a home and they used a personal line of credit. So you can do a personal line of credit, a PLOC or a BLOC, business line of credit, or a SLOC, secured line of credit. There's these tools that are available that literally you could start with nothing. Yeah. And then use, you know, the OPM, the lines of credit, and then understanding, as I described, how each month as you pay it down, the interest is smaller and smaller and smaller and more and more and more goes towards the principal pay down. It just accelerates so fast. Is that making sense? It does. And I'm excited to have you come and talk to our goddesses and our expert Q&A and (laughs) answer questions about that. It's going to be great. All right. Well, before we go into our famed end of show Trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude and a desire, what is the best way for people to connect with you to find out more about what you do? Oh, okay. Well, we were talking about social media and I'm like, oh, I don't have a a, a social media. So I'll just give my number toll free 888-266-2929. That's 888-266-2929. All right. All right. So now it's time for our famed end of show Trinity or brag of gratitude and a desire. So what is your, what is one thing you are celebrating right now? What is your, what's your brag? Uh, well, my husband and I, we are super excited about being financially free, independent. We're, we're going on a, a luxury cruise line in a few weeks for a couple of weeks to Italy, Spain, and different parts of Europe. So we're excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> and what's one thing you're grateful for? <laughs> I'm grateful that I have the experience, the health, and the knowledge to share with people what I have learned. Mm. been a hard journey, but it's been a good one. And I'm passionate about sharing what I have learned with other people and love celebrating with them. Remember when, remember when, I love that phrase. Remember when you, I just talked to somebody this week. Remember when you had one rental and now you have 15, (laughs) you know? It's like, wow. Yeah. And I want to have a bell that every time somebody gets financially free, it's like, I want to ring the bell and go another one, another one. (laughs) Me too. I need my own bell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just rewarding. And then, you know, a vision, imagination. We were talking this week with some people about imagination and dreams and vision. And it's like, we want to contribute to world causes. 
So the more we help people be financially free, because everybody, everybody that I meet has passion and cause for something, whether it's um, children in need or sickness or animals or whatever causes there are that we want to make a contribution to their success so they have the finances to help their causes. Is that your one desire? What's your one desire? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, so Shire Beat, we're so much better than you can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Lorraine. This was awesome. So great to have you share your wisdom and just like hard won wisdom is really, really inspiring. So y'all, you can connect with Lorraine. I'll share the phone number again, 888-266-2929. They can connect with Lorraine Conway and connect with me at reigoddesses.com. If you're interested in our upcoming Real Estate Investor Soulmates Retreat, go on there and go to reisoulmates.com to get there directly. But connect and definitely subscribe and like and catch us next time for another Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast interview. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.